Welcome to the ECG podcast, a show where some buddies who have never met in person, actually that's not strictly true, gather remotely once a week to hang out and talk about our love of video games and other shared interests. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Waterman from Jacksonville, Florida, joined this evening with a very special guest from back in the university days, Clemson, uh, Mr. Will Rotondi, who currently lives in Greenville, South Carolina. It's not technically Clemson, but that's where we went to school together and took lots of film and nerdy English classes. Will, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Ah, man, I hope it's not the last time. It's been too long. We uh, we used to have many uh, nerdy discussions, both like during, before, and after classes. And I, you know, we were talking off mic about how much we we miss those days. Of course, we've got our regular panel of hosts as well, Mr. George Ravelo from Miami, Florida. What up? What up? We have our neighbor to the north, Erica. Oh no, there was no witty banter for me to play off this time. Um, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> And then last but certainly not least, and on time, I might add, we have Robbie Bobby Miller from Baltimore, Maryland. How are you doing, man? Hi. (laughs) I just I just blinded myself with my own flashlight. So I'm seeing lights. Uh, I dropped it and it turned on and I'm here. (laughs) <laughs> I like I like your wallpaper, your background of the yeah uh, my, my butt the, the sand butthole yeah butt 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 so my wife said she's like yeah the whole movie's about a butthole I mean okay sorry I'm back there's at least two that's buttholes a di- to be fair. that's a different Dune maybe three if you count Oscar <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, you know uh, if it's true to the books um the, you know uh, Baron Harkonnen he he, he is a uh, a very fond of buttholes but didn't get into it in this movie (laughs) or this half of the story we'll get into that a little bit later all right so on this week's episode (laughs) speaking of dune we are going to be talking about uh the the new dune the new dune film it is out uh part one officially titled and part two officially announced also this week so must be doing something right uh cleaning up at the box office for at least the first weekend and uh presumably doing well on hbo max so um we'll we'll get into a little bit of talk around dune and then uh back half of the podcast we're just gonna have a, a nice chill discussion around our favorite spooky ip so books movies tv anything's game Uh, i love this time of year and it's always good to talk spooky stuff so let's kick it off with dune my second favorite book of all time behind behind the sirens of titan by kurt vonnegut that's my favorite book of all time two sci-fi books very different books tonally um i have labored through so many adaptations of this i say so many it's really only been two primarily so there's the the david lynch version from the 80s and a uh passable but very imperfect mini series mini series from the early 2000s which i think um in some ways like adapted the story better than the david lynch but also made some real weird questionable uh choices um this is my favorite adaptation out of all three um i have some little nitpicky stuff as a huge fan of the books but my overall take on this movie was that they trimmed all the stuff that they needed to like in, in a lot of ways it very much reminded me of the lord of the rings right like still an epic adaptation but like like you you trim a lot of that fat that would have kind of slowed down like a cinematic adaptation of that story and you know even though it's long as shit it still moves at a good pace for like what for what's there right um 
the yeah, other this thing movie needed nothing that was gonna if, if there was something that would slow this movie down thank god it got rid of it yeah uh there's plenty there is plenty of stuff that could have slowed this down uh you know we got um to not to get too far in the weeds um uh, we were we were spared all of the intricacies of like how space travel works and navigators. We might still get that in the next movie, but um, previous adaptations have gone really, really into detail about all of that. Like when you're just trying to get kind of oriented into who these people are and what they're all about. And I think it was a smart move, uh, for example, to like remove stuff like that, at least for for this first kind of focus on the people first that you get kind of uh, adjusted to the world. And then, you know, you can always um, add in the lore later. I do I do think I saw a great um, uh, comparison. So speaking of Lord of the Rings, that uh, this is feels very much like the two towers, which like as a standalone thing for people that aren't familiar with the story might feel very unsatisfying like it kind of just like drops off and i think that's a totally fair um you know analysis like of uh, of the movie as far as like it kind of just stopping but it is the first half of uh, of the story um i loved it though like as a fan of the book like this did everything checked all the boxes for me um i was very surprised um that my my wife also loved it like she is not a sci-fi person she's not a fantasy person I was nervously trying to like, because I had no idea how well they were going to do in terms of like setting up the world and explaining things like on the way to the film, like telling her all the different factions and how the basics of how this world works. And she's like, I'm glad that you did that in case they failed. But I got all of that from the movie. So they did a good job, I guess. And I'm like, yeah, they, they really did. But um, yeah, I was big, big into this. Can't wait to watch it again on HBO Max. But I, I saw it on the big screen. And I think that really helped my enjoyment as well. I'm not sure how you guys all watched it. You can, when we uh, circle around, I'd be curious to see like how you you took it in. Um, if, but if you did not see it on the big screen and you're comfortable going uh, to a theater, um, I would recommend if you have any curiosity to rewatch it, seeing it because it really does um, make a huge difference, I think. But uh, that's my take. Uh, Will, since you're the guest of honor, um, hit me with your hot takes, cold takes, lukewarm takes. Uh, how did you like Dune? Sounds good, man. Uh, so I guess I'm actually pretty much on the same uh, same opinion as you. I really loved it. I had grown up with the books. Uh, Red Dune back in like high school, I think, probably, if not earlier. I uh, saw all the various adaptations of it. So the Lynch version in 84, the sci-fi series in the 2000s. Um, so from going from like the the acid trip version that David Lynch had to watching like the stage play version that the Sci-Fi Channel released to watching this one now, which um, I guess from I guess this was the first version that I had ever seen that I thought I felt like I was seeing what I had always imagined when I read the book. And for that, I, that's rarely ever happened for me watching a film adaptation from a book. And I think when you mentioned Lord of the Rings, that's probably how everybody felt back when that came out, because I just remember so many of my friends, I've never actually read all of the Lord of the Rings books. So when they were seeing this, you know, this adaptation of it and they were thrilled by it, I think that's pretty much the same energy that, uh, that they had is what I felt when I watched it. I actually streamed it uh, because my wife was kind of on the fence about whether she was going to like it too. And so rather than sit through two hours and 40 minutes and some change, she was like, if we stream it and I don't like it, I can just leave. Right. And so <laughs> that was, that was pretty much how we did it, but she, even she enjoyed it. So um, I guess that also probably says a lot to that effect of how it's, it didn't struggle as much as the other adaptations in certain areas. Um I think it's interesting the 
for me, the pacing wasn't bad, but I sort of knew what to expect with it. Uh, I know that some of the criticism about the pacing or about sort of where the story wraps up have been issues that have come up before. Um, and I think that it's, to me, it was almost like watching um, 2001 A Space Odyssey by comparison, where you don't necessarily know everything that's going on. You don't have all the, the, the nitty gritty details like you mentioned about they explain in the books or that they tried to explain in the other versions. But uh, just visually and through the, you know, through the, the music and just sort of the essence of what they were trying to convey, you got the the idea of what they needed and they kept all the parts that they needed to, to tell the story. Um, it probably doesn't help for people that aren't aware of, of Dune in the book, it probably doesn't help that it was divided into two anyway in the, in the first novel. And so part one pretty much ends right where the first quote unquote book in Dune in the first book, um, how they divided up where it ends there too. So, but uh, overall really liked it. A few nitpicky things, um, but I can pass it on over to the next person and we can kind of circle back to that here in a bit if you want to. Okay, if you guys insist. <laughs> <laughs> so all right so i had i don't know anything about this book actually the fact that you told me it's two, so it's two books no uh so like in in one it's like a part in one the novel two, it's the like novel? book one is like what okay. this movie covered and then book two which is like it's called okay. you know section one section two of the books but yeah. okay then yeah. that actually does change things for me i didn't know i thought it was one book and they intentionally they split it into two movies or i don't know how many movies it's gonna be and so i'm guessing it's two um that i so how many two Bobby? movies two oh movies. he's <laughs> bobby's like Part this two. they're, they're <laughs> gonna like, wrap up the the first novel and the next movie okay cool that that makes more sense um and it makes me a, a little higher on it i suppose because they're kind of sticking to that um I thought they were maybe drag. I was concerned that they were dragging it out. And that was part of what I wanted to ask here. So it looks like they're not that that's how the move. That's how the book is. Yep. Um, so for me, I, I didn't watch the book. I didn't know anything about it at all. So my my assessment on it is purely as just a movie as if it were any other movie. Um, and for me, I thought that visually it was a pretty cool experience. I thought like the the cinematography, just the, the setting, even the the the, the sound along with the setting just it it felt very epic even if it wasn't always epic but it felt like it like like everything felt so grand and important right when like these guys are just freaking farming spice you know <laughs> like you know when, when you i know it's very important and very valuable right but they made something that's kind of like a simple right like simple not i wouldn't say a simple plot but like it's just a simple theme right they're, 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 there's a resource that's very important that they want to harvest um you know and it has a lot of value but, you know, everything about it, the kind of the pressure on them to, to get it done, to make it happen, all of that just felt very, very grand because I think the visuals and the sound and everything was just so, so impressive. So it looked awesome. Um, so I really enjoyed all that. The movie for me definitely dragged at some points. Like I kind of had to like get myself focused. Like I had to amp myself up to kind of just stick with it. Not because I wanted to stop, but it's very easy to like, uh, we talked a little bit before we started recording that Erica pointed out, like it makes you want to look at your phone, you know, or, or, or doze off. And so when I was watching, I was laying down in bed watching it. I uh, think, I think in hindsight, I would have enjoyed it more uh, in the theaters. Cause I would have, you know, I just would have been a little bit more immersed into it that I wouldn't have had that feeling. Cause I've never felt like that in a theater, even watching a shitty movie, you know? So, which this was not, it's just like, you had to like, 
get the full experience. And I don't know that I got that watching it at home. Um, my wife did not like it. She watched it all the way through. But at the end, she was like, this is dumb. <laughs> but like, she wasn't a big and she loves like the sci fi stuff. She's not as big a nerd as me, but she likes it. But I think her 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 biggest gripe was that it didn't match like all of the hype and the trailers because he's particularly she was a big fan of Zendaya, for example, and she's in the movie mm. for like five minutes. She's like, what the hell? I thought she was going to be a big deal. And it looks like she is, but she wasn't in this movie, mm-hmm. you know, like, it, you know, so it just she was a little bit bummed out about that. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what else. But overall, like, I thought it was all right. Like, I thought it was all right. I do think all the visuals and the experience that this puts together probably much better in a theater, I think elevates it because that's that's top notch. That is like, you know, I think groundbreaking in some ways. I was really, really impressed by that. But as a movie itself, plot, story, writing, the acting, I thought it was all right. Like, I thought it was I thought it was fine. I'm definitely interested to watch the next one. I definitely will. I'm definitely going to go to the movies for, for it, for sure. Um so for me, it's kind of one of those things that it had some really awesome things, but I don't know if it matched what I was hoping to get out of it. I was hoping to watch something that was going to do for me, like the A New Hope, The Fellowship of the Ring. That's kind of what I was, the bar was set pretty high, you know, with some of the, the hype and the expectations that I was hoping to get your, your next thing. And even someone at work told me, like, I watch, they're like, hey, you should watch it. I'm like, how is it? What is it even about? He's like, it's like, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars type thing. I'm like, okay, sold. So that's what I was hoping for. I don't think it quite hits that mark. Um, I don't even think it's quite close, but it does some things that compete with it or even accelerate, which is, I think, just the visuals and the experience. I suspect that once part two comes out, if they nail it, like the way that they nailed this one, and when I say nail, I mean like really capture the essence of the book. I think number one, people are going to like part two a lot more. There's a ton more action you get a lot more of like the Fremen and like, obviously the story is going to conclude, right? Have a climax and a conclusion. But I also think it's going to elevate people's opinions of this movie when they have like the two parts of the whole, right? Like, um, so like, yeah, uh, they definitely don't drag. I can tell you, they do not drag this out at all. I think it's very succinct for like the parts that it covers. There's a lot of stuff that they, um, trimmed off. Um, and I think like it was like I was a little nervous like about the two and a half hour like thinking it was a bit on the short end like when I first like saw the oh, runtime no. and then I was like nah this is a pro-. like there are there's some stuff as like the book nerd that like I'm like missing but like I don't think that it takes away from I think it adds to the movie like less is more kind of thing so you know you know like in Game of Thrones for example you know how there used to be like complaints about how you would go three four five episodes without ever seeing a character because there's all these different storylines and they're not together and they're not intertwining yet like especially in the early early seasons yeah that's kind of what this felt like in a movie right for me but like in, in reverse like I'm now I wish I had spent more time because there's so many different characters that seem to have a lot of importance that I feel like I didn't get to know much about like Duncan seems so cool and then spoilers you uh just give a spoiler warning so spoiler spoiler warning. Spoiler, spoiler 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 you've been warned spoiler okay he's not gonna be in the next movie all right um <laughs> like I, I feel like there's so much more backstory to all these characters than, than we get. But I understand you're giving us a story about a brand new world. This is it's just, just, you know, you're creating so much in a movie. So I understand not being able to. But there's just so I think there's so much layers to all these characters that we won't get to find out that we don't quite get to explore. 
other than like Paul. Do you want? Do you want some good news? Mm-hmm. You will. Um, we will. We will get it. Well, uh, not in the movie, but um, <laughs> so this is about how much of Duncan you get in the books. Um, so Frank Herbert's son, Brian Herbert, and Kevin J. Anderson, who wrote a lot of Star Wars like expanded universe like novels did um several trilogies but like one in particular that i think is like it's better than passable like it's good i would put it up there with some of the better dune books um where it's about leto as like a young like so the oscar isaac character mm-hmm. and then you get like fully fleshed out origin stories for duncan idaho and uh through for howitt and mm-hmm. uh, gurney halleck like the character that uh josh brolin plays okay and over the course of a trilogy and it's all based on Frank or uh, yeah, Frank Herbert's notes. So it's like not shit that they just like made up. Like they pulled from like all of his extensive mm. like notes and journals and things like that. Stuff that he eventually like wanted to do, but because he passed away, he wasn't able to. So if you like that stuff, those books are great. They're not as like highbrow. Like well, I, I, I would say you could throw Dune like into like the history of like all time great books, like with how it's written and all the stuff those books are more of adventure stories and like that's fine they work really well that way so if you like those characters like the first one's called house atreides the second one's house harkonnen and the third one's called house corono highly recommend you read those because they won't spoil dune for you and like if you want to find out how duncan idaho becomes a badass it's a really good story like awesome just story jason momoa that's all he needs i mean who, who doesn't who doesn't <laughs> like jason momoa but yeah. i mean like just the fact like he was with the fremen and all that stuff like yeah. It just seems like that dude has a lot of stories to tell, you know, like he does. There's, he there's, does. there's a lot of, about him, but even even an Oscar Oscar Isaac's character as well. But even even the the main villain or whatever, like even then, I feel like I don't know anything about him. I don't know as much about him as I as I would want to know. They also tell that story in the prequel books too, the Baron. Yeah, I mean, I mean, great. You'll get more of him in this the next movie. I can tell you right now. I don't know how much because I don't know what they're going to tackle. But um, you know, he's like an early sci-fi character who's gay. That's why I say like, like, like he has slaves and he's really sadistic. I think they did an all right job showing how sadistic he is in this, but not nearly. I mean, like in the book, like he is properly terrible, like like really, really horrible. Um, so I hope they do some of that kind of stuff. Um, Seems that way. Yeah, I mean, like it comes across, but like not as viscerally. Like, there's some shit in the like the that first book, and maybe we'll get it in the next movie. Like, where you see him kind of in his element. Like, I mean, you know, the stuff in his home planet where it was like moody, but like you really don't get the same sense that you do like in the the book of like how gross and like you know he's got like gladiator pits and all kinds of like fucked up stuff. Like he that's, tortured that's, his. That's saying a lot for a man who had a bath in blood. <laughs> yeah well was in it blood movie. or was it mud blood i, don't I know. thought it was blood he just like that it's a, a, a vague non-spoiler whatever when he's hanging out in that little that the big old rectangular tub i'm pretty that was i thought that was just a, a, a bathtub of blood could could have been i i love that like by the way like quick aside that Stellan scars guard apparently like requested more nude scenes because he loved his fat suit so much <laughs> i'm like that's amazing like what a badass to be like i love how like disgusting i love and like more nudity please like <laughs> that's great anyway there was i i assume in the novel there was a reason for it but entirely naked oscar isaac for an entire scene was i did not see that coming i was like Okay. Wait. Sir, where are your pants? Oscar Isaac? Am I saying the wrong? Yeah. Oh, oh, Stella's like the Baron, right? 
Yeah, the Baron. There oh, was an yeah, entire, yeah, yeah. I don't know half their names. Like, Oscar <laughs> Isaac, got, it, was, it was Duke Leto. I'm like, what? I'm like, did you Oscar see Isaac. like the, is there an unrated cut already on HBO? Let's go. <laughs> no, he was, he was, he was tactically covered by his own hip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> I was, I was, I, I Supposedly was like, it's because okay. he, he wanted more. <laughs> he requested, so maybe that's why. I don't recall the bat, if there's like the bath stuff in the book or if that's kind of like, they took some of that dialogue and like kind of tweaked it to make him more gross and like kind of mm. weird, but um what so uh what did you think erica like i i don't know if you've read the books or uh, how much you know about the universe but i, I, I want to hear everyone's like take and we can talk about some details yeah um i know every, everything i know about dune going into it was from um a dnd youtuber who talks about dune a lot when it comes to stories and stuff like that matt coville if anyone you know rings bell on that um so things where it was like um what are they called the benny Gesserit? Like that was a familiar term. I was familiar with like the shields because I thought that was cool and it stuck. Um, and the general like themes and plot of the story were familiar enough to me. Um, but I didn't know any of like the detailed details of it. Um, and yeah, I think I kind of aired a lot on the side uh, that George did where it was fine. It, it, I saw it in theaters with my friend last night. Um, both of us were a, a little bit um, hyped up. Just, I don't know why we just were. So I, it was one of those things where I really wish it was us at home watching it so we could banter back and forth and like, you know, crack all the dumb jokes that we wanted to crack, but you can't because you're in a theater. Yeah. I mean, you can, um, you're just an asshole. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, to be, to be fair, we absolutely leaned into each other and like we're whispering things like into each other's ear to be like, <laughs> um, but like beyond that, yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, like I said, the last, I think towards the end of it. So you hit the, the big climactic action moment and then the rest of it was kind of like a downhill slope of energy. Mm. Um, and that was the point where I was like, you know, I, I'd love to pull out my phone right now and just like listen to what's going on because it's not, even the visuals at that point weren't interesting and fun. It was the same stuff we'd seen before, just kind of like more or less a little slow. Um, I want to make the joke because someone's going to get it. Um, seven out of 10, too much sand. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah. I'd say that though, like the sand stuff was like, cool. I liked the technology. I loved the world. There was never a point where I wanted to get up and leave the theater, but God, we love the sandworms. They're, they were cool. I don't care if they're just giant buttholes. Oh, wait, wait till you get to the next movie. If you think the sandworms <laughs> are cool now. You... Oh, we saw a bit of it at the end. I think yeah. uh, that was super cool. Um, I think so. That was so like, you know, pacing is like a personal criticism where like, again, I it hit the climactic action moment. And then it just seemed sort of like a narrative rehash of everything we've done. And it's very much like, okay, uh oh, the story does this. So we have to get characters from point A to point B to point C to point D. Because, you know, we have to cover all of this information, but it's not very exciting to watch. And it's not very fun to be doing that stuff. So that's where I wanted to pull my phone out. Um, I turn, At that point, around that time, I turned to my friend and was like, how long is this movie? I didn't actually check before we came in. Has it, should this be done yet? Are we coming to the end of it? Just I, if this movie was a half an hour, oh, uh oh, baking show, something happened on the baking show. Sorry, um, <laughs> background noise to explain any cheering here in the background or gasps. I don't know what it was. Um, yeah, um, I I think this movie it was two and a half hours and it felt it very much felt like two and a half hours. Um, that's personal criticism. I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of the pacing. Um, on an actual criticism note, um, I think that a lot of the dialogue was not poor, well recorded or something. There was a lot of breathy mumbling and sitting in a theater where I can't put subtitles on 
I had no idea what a lot of the dialogue they were saying is. There's a lot of stuff, again, especially in that last half an hour where he's like, you know, stuff is happening and he's kind of like not all in, in, in place if, you know, um, and so he's speaking very oddly. All of that doesn't translate very well when I'm trying to understand what he's saying. And because I have no subtitles because I'm in a theater, I can't do it. And I don't know what's going on. I mean, I don't know what he's saying. I'd love to know what he's saying because, again, like I never wanted to leave. It was super cool. And I love, again, visuals and stuff like that kept you more or less engaged. But like, uh, I wish I could have known what was happening in detail. Uh, so when I, so when second Dune comes out, um, thankfully I have a friend who has like a, like a projector theater type set up in their house. So, um, we'll be watching it most likely from home whenever it comes out for home. Assuming with subtitles. Denis Villeneuve doesn't like rake Warner brothers and HBO over coals or threaten him with bodily harm because he was yeah. not a happy fella about the at home streaming at all. Oh. And I sympathize. Like I do think this movie visually auditorily like for me like worked better on a big i'm glad like because i was on the fence i'm like ah, i don't know it's such a sacred thing it's the sacred text you know like <laughs> I, I, like if i hate it like then i'm gonna be pissed that i spent money to go to a theater but then i was like nah mm-hmm. I, I gotta like whatever it's worth it um and i'm glad that we uh that we did like um the, the biggest debate for me now is like do, if when i rewatch it do i want to go to the, the movies again um or do i want to watch it from home but um, mm-hmm. if you like reading, like I would urge you, like, and you like that world, like to to read the book. Um, the pacing probably feel a little less odd. You get a bit more explanation. Like, for example, mm-hmm. one thing that I did think was odd that they didn't like explain is like, so there's clearly guns. Like, why aren't people shooting at each other? Well, yeah, again, I knew about the shields and I knew how they work. So like I was I I I passed that and I was like, Yeah, of course, I, I vibrations and fast moving stuff, whatever. I got this. Well, it's, I didn't... it's that and also like lasers and those shields creates a nuclear like detonation, like a massive nuclear oh, detonation. Oh, so, I didn't know that. So like it's like suicidal to shoot at somebody unless you're like a thousand percent sure they don't have a personal shield because you'll kill mm-hmm. everybody Literally like that everybody, the whole yeah. city would be gone. So um, that's why like hand to hand fighting is like, uh, you know, a big um you know, part of like that universe. And it's kind of a cool explanation, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's like one of my nitpicks, for example, of like, you know, a very small list of, of nitpicks. Um, I will say like some of the subtle details, like, um, like the bull, like the bull motif was something that like they, um, they didn't do like, that was like for book lovers. So like, yeah, Duke I was gonna say, I don't think I got it. Like it might just be like me again, because I also, I couldn't hear half the dialogue because they didn't speak very well the entire time. But like, I didn't quite get the the symbolism of it. And I don't uh, think they explained it until like, you know, five times after the bull came up. Yeah, like you would. And the thing is like, you you like wouldn't really, there is a throwaway line. I think like, look how that ended up. But like, so Duke Leto's father, so Paul's grandfather liked to fight bulls like um, as part of like a tradition and was kind of discouraged like from people from from doing it at his age and blah, 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 blah. And like, he's he's gored to death by like, a bowl and then makes a very young Duke Leto have to ascend to like, mm-hmm. you know, not really the throne, but whatever, like the, the dukedom. Yeah. Um, like he has to take over as a, a young lad. They <laughs> explain it. You get to see all that play out um, in the prequel, like novels, like to pretty good effect. But um, even in the original Dune, they have like the head and they, they give you like a brief kind of rundown of like why he's kept the head of the, the bowl and um, all that stuff. So I like stuff like that. Like I really geeked out. I'm like, oh, like 
like they really clear, they clearly care about like the source material to throw that in there because you could totally like it doesn't add a whole lot but the, the symbolism to answer your question is kind of like the futility of like doing something that you know you shouldn't do and in like the case of the atreides like going to to arrakis is the, their equivalent of fighting a bull when they know they shouldn't like they know it's a trap like uh it's probably not going to end well mm-hmm. and they, they do it anyway you know <laughs> like yeah knowing that like it's when probably, it's a gift not a gift yeah exactly when it's a door no that's not how that goes but no, <laughs> <laughs> no. um so uh yeah like i so i think like probably my favorite bits of this like were like the set designs and costumes like i think is like oh yeah was just incredible like the the like the moment when like the baron like rises up on his levitators and there's that long flowing like robe or whatever material that's just like there and it uh, it's just like amazing the bene Gesserits look properly fucking scary and like yeah. weird um loved all that like the veils and all of that i mean the 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 still suits i feel like this is the mm-hmm. like the the lynch was one cool. wasn't too bad but like the still suits look really really awesome here like they, the I suits think, were super cool yeah they didn't uh, tell I you like- that people poop themselves like and, and pee in them like they left that they, bit no they did they put that in any oh, any, any bodily um oh, okay. any bodily fluid that leaves oh i didn't hear that i thought it was just i thought it was just sweat but now oh i thought it was, I, I remember hearing all of it but i don't know if that was me hearing sweat and then just brain going any body liquid come out of body get recycled that seems unnecessary but well Whatever. as a as a um lactose intolerant person i mean good news just put on a still suit and all the cheese and milk and <laughs> you want to eat um but yeah so like like i think that's my favorite bits oh bobby or like i dude i'm sorry like you disappeared and like it's kind of out of sight out of mind like what did you yeah. think of it like give me your oh, give me your take I, like, side note i just got sick i don't know why what i just got sick like, I, it was weird like right now in the middle well, of the podcast no, it was it was weird it was it was sadly <laughs> i want to say it was when your thing was glitching i kept like watching <laughs> but then you froze and then i got like i had to like turn the thing off and i had to go be sick real quick oh shit I'm, are you but good i'm but yeah, i'm good now uh yeah so <laughs> I, I love dune uh yeah i know i yeah yeah you always get something from me every time i'm here uh so i read it uh before and i loved it and i i it's funny because i started i started it last night after all you guys were talking about it and then my wife was like what this is her exact quote was what space shit are you starting right now that that's what she said to me and then two and a half hours later she was on the edge of her seat not doing work anymore watching it with me like excited like it was it was great like it it was long it it was it was very long and i didn't know which point it was going to end uh that's what i enjoyed i almost wanted to do like i usually do where i pause it to see how much time's left but i didn't do it but but I will say that both of us, my wife and I, we we haven't seen a movie in the movie theater in uh, I want to say Endgame might have been the last movie wow. we saw in a movie theater. Uh, that we both after it was over, we were like, damn, that was something that we should have gone seen in a theater instead of HBO Max because it felt like it was a, a whole movie theater experience. Uh, but I don't know if I could have sat with two and two and a half hours in a movie theater, but. And but, IMAX uh, or something like that too, you know? Yeah, like, like it, was, it was IMAX, it, but it was, it was beautiful ridiculous. though. Like everything, like it was, it, it was really good. Like, but I, I like Erica said that the problem I had was I had to rewind it a few times and put closed caption on because some of the whispering things and some of the other things they weren't on closed caption unless you put it on. 
So we had to keep doing that a few times just, and then we were just at a point where we're like, just leave the damn thing on so we can understand what the hell is happening. Uh, but I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I loved it. I, I thought it was great. Uh, I wish it was a little bit longer. I hate to say that, but I feel like there's just a little bit more that, that they could have used to, to capture us for the second one. But I think they know what they're doing. It, it might be a two. From, see, from what I heard was it was supposed to be a five-part series. But they're they're supposed to do, I guess they're gonna do the the pre stuff and then and like like before this, like with the other uh um crap, forgot what they're called. Not gods, what they called. Uh well they have like Doom Messiah is like the next book. That's short. You could do that in one, yeah. one movie. Then there's like Children of Dune. So you could do that like a movie each. They're both fairly Yeah. See, short. I figured they'd do something like that. Cause I originally thought it was five, but Skarsgård, yeah, I, I like to see him a little more naked. <laughs> he deserved it well they're gonna do like the um like a benny jesuit pre preview show or prequel show on hbo the Max. prequel yeah that's what i was thinking. i don't know what that's gonna be it'd be interesting to see because like so um there is a the second trilogy they did was like in the age like so like they had like this universe is so old and wild that like they had a terminator style like war like against the machines where like humanity almost got wiped out and like that's why the Harkonnens and the Atreides hate each other. Like that history goes back to that. And that's why there's not computers. There's human computers, but not actual computers because of that. Like they are forever banned. Like it is a huge no-no in this universe because like, like humanity was almost toast. And that was like thousand years before I think like this takes place. So that's how old like this universe is. But there is like the genesis of the Bene Gesserits in that. Like you see how they like come to be and they kind of got it across like a little bit but like they're like very much like eugenics like like obsessed in addition to all the weird like voice stuff um so they've been planning for this like super being to come in and jessica has supposedly fucked up and you know having a uh a male son instead of a female son so um i'll be curious to see like are they gonna go like like you know one generation back several generations like i'd be down for anything i love the Bene Gesserit. i think they're fucking wild weird like badass like um like, like everyone like, loves a good cult okay well and like the entire universe is petrified of them like like genuinely like like they're like they're respected and feared by everybody like like even the emperor like you'll probably see in the next movie like is not you know uh without like uh, you know doesn't doesn't have a lack of respect like toward like he knows that they're not to be trifled with um which is cool so yeah i'll be, I'll be curious to see um what happens with the the prequel uh, hopefully it's well done you know hbo seems to be on you know on fire lately with, with uh, you know adapting um stuff watchman was very good for example but yeah we'll see what did you you guys both of you people that read the book said you guys had some nitpicky stuff yeah so I think I mentioned uh, like one of the things like already. Um, uh, I don't know. Well, I'll let you go. Like, do you? Well, you said you had some nitpicks. I'll let you go one because I already said one of mine. You know, it's interesting. The um, so a lot of the stuff that they left out at first, I felt like I should have. Um, I don't know that I should feel bad that they did, but then I started thinking more about keeping the essence of the overall story and not getting bogged down in the details because a lot of the time the last two versions tried to do that, especially the miniseries that tried to get all the details in there, you know, talk about um, who these human computers are, you know, what Mentats do, what the Spacing Guild is like, what the Bene Gesserit are like. And 
and trying to get everything just kind of crammed in um, that you're almost it's it's almost sensory overload to try and use all that information. So to to be able to kind of parcel it down. Um, in retrospect, I thought it was, and again, I know I made the comparison before to 2001, a space odyssey, where it's like you you get shown more than you're told. And so a lot of it's open to interpretation, but you still get the main story behind it. And so that to me was, I thought that was really well done. Uh, but it was sort of an initial nitpick. I don't know if that really counts or not. I think for me, actually, the nitpick that was big for me was not being able to hear certain parts. There were about two or three parts where I, I had to go back, put on the subtitles, um, when it was, when Paul was getting tested and had his hand in the box and Jessica's mm-hmm. outside the door oh, and she's, yes. you know, going through the litany of fear. And it's like, this is really essential. Like, this is a yeah. big thing that's quoted all the time from this book. And I can't hear half of the stuff she just said because she's whisper speaking it so fast and the music is so loud. Every single so. time she prayed in any kind of shape, or form, I had no idea what she was saying. And the other time that I to just piggyback off of this, that I really noticed that I really wanted to know what was happening was in that last half an hour and I was grasping at straws trying to find something to be interested in. It's Paul, and it's supposed to be vague about this, Paul is having one of his visions while they're in the tent. Yeah. Mm, and yeah. he is saying things and I'm like, ooh, this seems very important because he's having dreams that aren't dreams. Mm-hmm. And he's with another Benny Jes- um, Jesuit. I keep I want to say Jesuit, and that's that's the Bible. <laughs> that's not, um, so sorry, it's gonna happen. Uh, that's oh, that's an SNL skit. We need to. We need to definitely. <laughs> and Jesuit. Benny, Benny, Benny Jesuit. Jesuit. <laughs> Benny Jesuit. Sounds like a rapper. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So those were like the the, the bigger moments. Is like when when it was weirdly enough because that was a moment where there was no music. It was just like him. Um, it's almost like babbling to himself about what mm-hmm. he's seeing and she's trying to figure out what it is and you cannot I cannot, could not for the life of me tell what he was saying. I feel like I need to watch this on my TV now just so I can because I had no issues but I was in a huge IMAX theater with like Mm-hmm. Surround sound, like yeah, I mean, like big speakers, like big yeah. sound. So we're pretty much but all confirming there was a couple to you. Without, no, without, I, I believe you, but like yeah, I'm I saying, wanna... that's, but that's crazy, right? Like that, yeah. that we're pretty much all telling you without yeah. having had your experience that your experience was better. You know, yeah. like it's yeah, which yeah is, especially which is the cone of silence, like where it was the silent part oh, when they were talking, yeah. and they they decided not to do any subtitles. They were yeah. just letting them whisper. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. subtitles kicked on. And I was like, no, hold up. Let, let's yeah. let's rewind and, and put the subtitles on. Then you heard more of it. But it was mm-hmm. like, it was very weird. Wow. I feel like I, that didn't even take like two brain cells to rub together. That like the cone of the, when, when someone said silence and a thing went around, it was a silence cone. Like, I feel like they were trying to show off the fact that there was like, a, you can't tell what's happening outside. But like, you know what? I can figure it out based on the context clues of what's happening. You don't have to do that. I will say, um, I thought the kid, I don't know what his name is. The kid that plays Paul was Timothy fucking Chalamet. excellent. Oh, he's fucking excellent. I thought he did an really excellent good. job. He's, uh, yeah. Recommendations. So uh, he was in um, Call Me By Your Name, which is awesome. Heartbreaking uh, in a lot of ways, but fantastic. And he was the boyfriend in Lady Bird. Like, um, I don't want to like spoil the context of that, but he plays kind of a... a semi snotty like intelligent like you know good looking high school like kid like he's not like a main main character but he's main enough and then i guess he's in the new wes anderson movie um the french dispatch but yeah he's gonna go on to do big things like for sure yeah, I, th- like, I thought he did an excellent job i um, have seen that man in every fan cast for every um harry potter marauders 
um, like did my fan casting for Remus Lupin and all that stuff. I've seen him in like all of that. Whenever you see like a Victorian aesthetic board, Timothy Chalamet's face is somewhere in that. Yeah, um, he, he said the only thing he won't do is the superhero movie. Like he refuses that's... to, to be, which is fine. Oh, I mean. which, you mean like the rest of his uh, co-stars did? Yeah. Oh, somebody <laughs> said it was weird that like there's like, tons of Marvel like people. Uh, so a couple of nitpicks and then we'll move on. So um, the big ones, um, the David uh, Bautista character is supposed to be like this. They call him the beast because he is like so cruel and like the books like get properly gory at times. And the, and the miniseries did as well. I, maybe we'll get a bit more of that in a second. But like, I feel like that was a bit of a wasted opportunity. Like you see him fighting a little bit and like uh, some of that comes out, but like. I was expecting it to be like, oh, this is going to make you for the first time in a movie like hate David Bautista. And like, I didn't feel that at all. Is that what that character was supposed to be? I got very much like the privileged son who's trying to get daddy's approval. No, he is a like, big, that was dumb, the vibe I got. animal. Like, and so the privileged uh, son that, evil wants Drax. Get, that wants to give daddy's <laughs> approval, we didn't even get in this movie, which is which, which kind of leads me to like an adjacent nitpick. No fade. Fade is like the other mm. nephew of the Baron who is the foil to Paul. So he is intelligent, um, you know, and he has prospects. Like he is seen as somebody that may also like like marry into like the uh, the emperor you know is like uh mm-hmm. like family um he's a class a fighter but he has all of the cruelty of the baron he's kind of a true like like you know uh heir like to the baron whereas like raban wants to be but he's just kind of like muscle like through and through like that is all he's there for is to scare the shit out of people and again some of that came through but not as much um that yeah, was one of the characters that I was like, I wish I knew more about, especially because I feel like Dave Bautista has been like on such a role, like with with his roles, like, um, that it's it's a shame. I feel like he was underutilized in this movie um, for sure, like oh, almost to the point where this movie could have just functioned fine without showing him at all and just giving him giving yeah. us. A, a full story on him when he comes in at the next movie, because like what he really served no purpose. Other than just yelling at one you, point, but like he did nothing. David, you could have you cut said. him out from the movie. Yeah, You're absolutely yeah. Correct. Well, it's because they're gonna have fade in the next oh. one, and I think yeah. they want to have that contrast. Um, my other nitpick, really quickly, is like I'm, I'm a little torn on. Like, um, well, you can either confirm or or, or differ. Um, so, like Paul, in addition to being trained in the voice, is trained in the the weirding way of fighting, is what they call it. And it get in so in that one-on-one fight sequence where he fights Jamis, like he's able to like move like in a very weird, like almost like not really superhuman, but like a confusing way. And that this is, is what, the uh, the last fight scene, right? Yes, with Jamis, okay. like yeah, yeah, yeah. the one-on-one. I, I don't know. I don't know any of the Fremen's names. They uh, they I missed half of them. And well, that's okay. I know, yeah, I mean, he's he, Jamis is there basically he to, does to, not know our ways. to to make uh Paul like you know like uh take his first you know life like that's that character is like sole purpose pretty much um and i knew by the way that that, that was the moment like i called it marianne's like where do you think it's gonna end i'm like uh, there'll be a one-on-one confrontation and she was like huh i'm like you'll know and then yep um but yeah i so like what i don't know how do you feel about it because because like it becomes a whole thing right where he like teaches the fremen like they're already deadly but like like his teaching and jessica's teaching of that with like makes them pretty much like unstoppable do you think I mean I don't think that it's necessary but I would have I would have been cool like uh, but do you think it would have taken away from the aesthetic what do you think well 
I think it would have been cool. Um, having gone back and watched the other versions of it too, you know, they had different takes on, on what that would have looked like, um, whether it was like, you know, trying to do like the Barry Allen sort of like, he's like the Flash and suddenly they're over here and they moved really quickly. And how did that happen? And Or if it's just um, like the original Lynch version, which was, it all had to do with sound and they used these weirding modules, which weren't even in the book, but no, yeah, that's okay. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, because in the in the storyline, I mean, Jessica like overpowers Stilgar really quickly doing that, and and Paul just kind of like flips around, or not flips, but like zips around really quickly around everybody there when he fights Jameis. And so, um, yeah, I think it would have been cool to see that take because we got the versions of other things that I thought were some of the hardest to sort of convey in Dune before, which was the voice or you know, uh, the shields that they used. So to to sort of miss that last part, I don't, I guess maybe that was just an extra detail that by the end of it, they thought, uh, we don't really need to go into this right now. But I agree that it would have been interesting to include it. Yeah, and I think they can pull off the story without it, but it does, it is a very integral thing where like they, they, they add to the arsenal, you know, like of the Fremen by teaching them in addition mm-hmm. to already being like, you know, really in tune with the desert and having all the, the you know, like the deadly ways. Um, but yeah, uh, I, speaking of Stilgar, I can't wait to see more Javier in the next one. He's one of my favorite characters. So like the mm-hmm. fact that we're going to get a lot of him and a lot of Shani, who's Zendaya's character, um, is a lot to look forward to, right? Just within the Fremen, you know, bits. So Absolutely. Did you think it was interesting to like, so from just the perspective of having, and I, I don't know if this is going to be a question to jump into next or just as a side thought, but the fact that in this version, we get to see how Paul sort of sees different paths actually shown, dramatized, like he can see different avenues that he could take or different futures that he could have versus some of the older versions that never really did that. Yeah. I mean, it's all going to kind of, kind of come down to like, you know, um, what happens in the next movie right because that's the uh something I, i'm trying to think like with the quizat hadarak like it, it's like the one that sees all paths or whatever i forget like there's like a whole thing with that so it really kind of just depends on what happens in the next movie you know um it's i think it's too early for me to to tell on that because there's a very pivotal scene right like that kind of involves like almost like a second manhood test that he has to go through um, where I like, I'd be very curious to see how that plays out. And I don't want to spoil that cause it hasn't happened. Speaking of spoilers, be very fucking careful online. There's all <laughs> these publications right now that are like, here's 10 things you didn't know about this character. And it's like a spoiler from like the second half of the story. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Nobody knows about it. Cause that's a reveal <laughs> in the second half of the book. You idiot. Like, why would you do that? Like, oh my God. So be very careful. Like don't click on any of those lists. Like if you want to be surprised, cause like they are going to spoil major shit. Was this when we supposed to come out last year? Was it? Yes. Yes. It was, oh. it was a, it was a casualty of COVID for sure. Yep. Can we talk about the awkward scene between the mom and son looking at each other when they were undressing? Because oh. my wife looked at me. <laughs> my wife looked at me and was, was like, so she was like, you don't do that. Like, that's, we we didn't say anything to each other. We both just looked at each other like, that, like no, you don't sneak a peek at your ma or your son. Like, like that's just weird. But I know, I know it made sense. For for uh, I, I we made the same I, comment. It was yeah. <laughs> I was I, it was just I was just taken back. I just gotta say. I understand kind of because like again this is this this is not a spoiler because I don't know what happens in Dune. Um, 
But like, man, this woman's about to murder her son at some point. She's going to find the right moment to put a knife in his back and do it. And it's one of those things where it's because I've had, we've had ever since basically it's the classic, like not feudalism, but like hierarchical, like, oh, you, you have another son. You're, you're pregnant with another kid. Like that whole vibe immediately. I was like, oh, she's going to kill this, this, this man. She's going to kill her son so that her, with this other child can prosper. So it was that weird moment on the, on the one hand, it seemed like they were trying to go for a, oh, he's unarmed and incredibly vulnerable. This is the time to stab him is what it seemed like they may have been trying to do. It did not work. I got a very sexual vibe from it. I, <laughs> but I'm yeah, with you, Bob. Yeah, like, I, again, I'm with you, That's Bob, what absolutely. I'm saying. It, it looked like a, a sneak a peek mm, vibe yeah. of your ma or your son. And I was just like, we both just were very creepy. I mean, it didn't take away from the movie, but it was just <laughs> a very awkward part where you were just like, no. You're don't like, think about like, that. You're like, I think this, this belongs in like the porn adaptation. This isn't belong. Yeah. When, can I, can when I have, in Dune. Yeah. I, have, I want one spoiler. I want one spoiler. In the year of 12 minutes, um, there's no incest plot, right? At all in Dune. You don't have to tell me. What, oh, if, I thought you were asking about 12 minutes. I'm like, I got no, bad the news year, for in you. The year like, where <laughs> um, um, this has no, me worried now. Is there, there's no, no incest no, plot in no, Dune, no, right? No, no. Okay. I, think, I think that was just a no weird like shot. I, mean, okay, I can't. I can't speak moment. for the movie, but like in the book, like no, there, there is no. Ooh, okay, yeah. good to yeah. know. Great. That's the yeah, only check that I game. want before I go into things. <laughs> hey, is yeah. there an incest plot? No, yes there's or no? not. No, fuck no, that game. Definitely. I mean, again, I can't speak to the movie, but the, in the book, very much not a thing, um, at all. Um, cool. I didn't think I'd have to ask that question. The year of our plague, 2021. But alas, here we are, having to make sure there's no friggin' incest plot. In the year 10,000, you could check out your mama. thank you thank you 12 minutes for that so anybody want to add anything before we move on to spooky ip no 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 just why was he naked why was he naked why he gotta get into the still suit you can't you can't piss in your jeans in the still suit you gotta no Unconscious Oscar Isaac. Why was no, he no Stellan Skarsgård? Again, I think everyone would have liked to see uh, Oscar Isaac more than Stellan Skars. Stellar. He was Stellan actually Skarsgård. naked when he was in the chair. Yeah. Why was he naked? Oh well. Again, like uh, I, 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 so I read that as like the Baron is trying to hum- humiliate him. It's a little more subtle way, but like in the book, like it's very much he's gloating over like. He doesn't do as much gloating. I don't want to get no. into another nitpick, but like, doesn't he look okay. like a Chernobyl survivor though? <laughs> he looks Can like a Chalamet boomer or... from Left 4 Dead. Is what it reminds me of. <laughs> <laughs> That's valid. Oh, the spine thing was really cool. I like the oh, dragonfly the suspenser ships. thing. Yeah, yeah, the dragonfly shows are my favorite. I don't care what anyone uh, says. Um, they're actually, so it's, cute. they're called thopters. Uh. Uh, I don't. I didn't read your nerd book. <laughs> that was actually something i appreciated i like the design for that because that actually seemed like it was closer to the the original on that for how it was described they're fucking great man yeah um yeah i i mean i look i'm just happy it's doing well and it's it's going to get the part two i think it deserves to have a part two like i again i'll be interested to see but i think it's going to elevate people's opinion of part one and i think like yeah, as a whole, people are really gonna enjoy like this. Like, yeah. and uh, I think it probably will end up being like the definitive version. I mean, like if they don't completely like screw the pooch, 
um and his comments about it like the second movie being centered around zendaya's character like i think was like spot on if you've read the books like not that paul like takes a back seat like necessarily but like she's very important for a lot of different reasons and i think even the last line of the book um kind of references her which is really cool all right the real question is do you think it'll be on hbo max Oh, we were talking about that when you. I hope. I, so. I wondered that. Went to get I, I wondered if it'll be a delay. If it's up thing. to Denis Villeneuve, there's no fucking way he's gonna be like, nap. Nope, I mean, look, no. Mr. But, Denis, I can't say your last name. I mean, sorry, Monsieur Monsieur Denis Villeneuve. Um, please put it on HBO Max. I don't know what your actors are saying half the time. I need subtitles. Thank you. I think here, <laughs> here's here's my thoughts. Like, if HBO is smart, like HBO Warner Brothers, like if they're smart, like they, they they probably before greenlighting part two were like, hey, part of the reason we're doing this is because like it is so successful on HBO Max. We will greenlight it if you like agree that it can air like day and day. And I think he would take that deal all day every day. Is he gonna love it? Like, no. But like, would you not make the second part? Like you know, just because it's on HBO Max, like also now. So spooky, spooky. All right. So I, I just want to say, man, like, I, so um, I like, this is my favorite time of year. I love Halloween. I love fall. And like, you know, in some years past, uh, I, I feel like it kind of creeps up on me and like, I don't get to like, you know, get fully into like the spirit of things, you know? And this year, like, I feel completely satisfied. I have taken in so much horror media like i have done tv shows i've done countless movies i have played video games i'm like three quarters of the way through salem's lot um so like i'm like really really into the spirit of things we're carving jack-o-lanterns probably for the first time in like i don't know like 10 years i'm just gonna do a traditional jack-o-lantern not because like i'm lazy but just like i'm like you know there's like kind of a simplicity and like you know fun to doing like a uh, regular like jack-o-lantern versus like some elaborate like pattern so um all in all, like I'm really, really like in the spirit like this year. Um, so I thought it'd be cool to just take a moment and like, you know, go around the table and talk about some of your favorite like horror, like IP or Halloween traditions, like anything that you want that's like in the spirit of the season. So if you've watched something recently or played something recently or read something recently, you want to talk about it or if you have like just an all time favorite, like by all means, I'm going to start with you, Bobby. So hit us with like, you know, like anything that you want, like in the spirit of Halloween. Okay. So what had happened? Just look one time. No, I usually for Halloween a long time ago, I used to go to, uh, before I have kids and got scared to death of children, uh, like in the dark, like I, my kids know that there's a rule that if you try to scare me at nighttime, I will drop kick you. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's a written rule. Like and and they they they've been playing with me lately where they're putting little baby dolls and stuff on the steps and on the toilet. They keep sitting it on like I have to like pass their bathroom and stuff, uh, stuff like that. We do to uh, to get on each other. But I used to do a lot of haunted houses and stuff. And this was the first year in forever that on Sunday we might go to Salem uh, in Massachusetts. Ah. We might go up there for Halloween because it just happens to be they're both falling on Halloween. And the girls are, are kind of tired of being in the house for holidays. But last year, we didn't really have a Halloween. And the year before, they got sick on Halloween. So it's been like, I mean, they're only four and seven. So they haven't really had that much Halloween. So it's like, we want to do something cool for them. But I always love the haunted stuff. Uh, but my wife told me I had to tone it down. Because uh, apparently, I'm giving them nightmares with the with the stuff that I've been 
talking about lately. Like, like we went to Hell House and we've gone to the Blair Witch House, and mm-hmm. I've done that. I got videos of it, but I'm apparently not allowed to show the kids because it freaks them out. Uh, but it's just stuff like that I've always enjoyed. Uh, um, and then as far as favorite video games, like horror wise, Resident Evil is the only reason I am a PlayStation guy. Uh, Resident Evil One back in the day on PlayStation was was my game that I loved it. And this is like I say every time: the whole reason I don't like The Last of Us Two is because it wasn't a Claire Leon Resident Evil. It should have been like that. If there were two discs oh, for like man. Abby and Ellie, <laughs> I'd have been like, "This is the best game I've ever played in my life." One but of these days, we're gonna get through an episode take... without Bobby bringing up no. Last of Us Two. <laughs> <laughs> my wife said the same thing the other day she said stop comparing everything to the last was two but i can't uh because i'm just mad about that but yeah if they did two discs we'd have been all right it'd been a, it would have been a eight eight out of ten instead of a six but it's cool but uh no i i love i love halloween it's my favorite holiday i've never been i'm not really a huge fan of christmas thanksgiving i like because i like cooking personally i cook way too much food my wife gets angry i already got a turkey already I usually cook one ahead of time just to try out. So she gets turkeyed out, but I, I love the holidays. Halloween is my Halloween Thanksgiving. That's my, I love it. That's my holiday. But uh, yes. Yeah. Same. Can I bitch for a second? I went to Home Depot to like pick up a couple things for the house. We wanted to get some pumpkins and um, I thought, ah, you know, let's add like a couple of things to like our, our annual Halloween decorations, like nothing crazy. You know, maybe 50 to 100 bucks like every year decorations it adds up. You're right. You build out your collection, like got a pretty respectable Christmas set. But I'm like, yeah, we're lacking a little bit for Halloween, Halloween decor. So let's um, pick up a couple things already. Top to bottom, like the entire fucking section of Home Depot is just Christmas stuff. And it's not even Halloween. Like, I think that's incredibly fucked up. Like, like, I get it. Like, you want to get like prepped, you know, you can have the whole month of November. You can have the whole month of December. But like, come on, man. Like, like, and, and there were multiple people that were looking around. Like, some guy saw me. He's like, uh, "Do you know where the Halloween decorations are?" I'm like, "Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I think like, I think they're they're toast." Like, and he's like, "But it's not even Halloween yet." He's like, "And there's look at all this Christmas shit." I'm like, I "They're don't. all stuck in them containers off the LA coast. That's where it is. That's where That's all your Halloween decorations crazy. are." Crazy. I mean, I know I could go to like Spirit Halloween or something like that, but uh. I just anyway. I just don't go there. Out. I went there today to get kids' Halloween outfits. One hundred and fifty bucks later for two children. Two children. Yeah. I'll Fifty dollars an outfit. That's ridiculous. Value Village is always oh in beer. That's what I told my wife. Tot swap store. next week. Tot swap when they're getting rid of all the Halloween crap they just bought. That's what we're doing next week. We'll hit up the tot swap. But what? Are, so uh, what are your kids going as out of curiosity? What do kids go, go as well, these days? My, well, it's funny because they, we put them in private school last year mm-hmm. and uh, they're in a Catholic private school and both of them wanted to be like something haunted, creepy with blood and stuff on it. So I don't even know if they can go to school tomorrow. Uh, but they, they, <laughs> they <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I told my wife, I'm gonna drop them up. I'm gonna drop them up in the morning and then I'm just gonna wait in the parking lot. Uh, <laughs> In case they're going home, like when the first ten minutes. Stigmata, yeah. Yes, but yeah, my oldest daughter is going as Harley Quinn, uh, but she's wearing like bloody stockings, and it's like I don't know if you're allowed to do that. Uh, and then my other daughter, uh, she wanted to be a werewolf, but then she decided to be a haunted bride, where she looks like death. So it, it'll be interesting to see how uh, how early they get let out of school tomorrow. But uh, but yeah, they they both wanted. They're getting tired of the Disney thing. 
Like they they love being princesses, but they dress up in that stuff like all year round. Yeah. Like they have so many outfits, Moana, everybody. Uh, even other Halloween costumes, they dress up as all year round. So this year they they both wanted to be super creepy and uh they succeeded. Uh they creep me out. <laughs> I've heard you call your one of your children a goblin on this very podcast oh, yes, one time. Yes, yes, yes. I still to this day they are very much goblins. Like like now, like they put those costumes on, like they got dressed with their mom right before we got on here, and they've been creepily laughing in unison uh for like like no, a good you. five minutes straight. That's what I said. And I'm like, no, 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 you're going to be trick-or-treating alone because I'm not I'm not going out with that creepy laugh going up and down a neighborhood dressed as serial killers, but it's cool. <laughs> right on. Um, uh, George, I'm going to go to you next, man. Like, hit me with something Halloween-related. Okay. Dealer's so, choice. You said tradition, right? So this used to be my favorite Anything tradition. You want, yeah. This, that's me right there um, in the, in the in, background. In a banana suit. It was a fucking hit, as you can see. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is back in the day. Uh, this is a Coconut Grove. Don't know if you guys have heard of that area down in Miami, but um, uh, it was demolished. So it's not really around anymore. It's being renovated. It's just not as no. cool. But anyways, it was like a, it was like the go to place back in the day for Halloween. Uh, and just would be thousands of people just kind of crowding the streets and shops around there like this. And uh, yeah, one one year, this is I think the first year that I met my wife, actually, we went there, me and some buddies just we were cheap. So um, and my wife worked at Party City. So we so we got these costumes through nefarious means. And um, this is how we went to this area. And it was a fucking hit. Everybody fucking loved them. So everybody was just taking pictures with us. And we were just running around dancing in stupid banana costumes. For people who can't um, see, yeah, it's like a top half banana costume, but everybody else is wearing jeans. So it's jeans from the waist down <laughs> and then like a really weird banana like top basically with a hood and a little like almost like a pylon on the head that curls it is, up a little. It's like, like a banana. traffic cone. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. It looks like the banana is like, you know, not doing so well. Um, and here we are. I'm, I'm in the jumping up and down in the air. They're just that was a good time. Um, bunch of weird costumes. A lot of naked people down there as well. Like, I mean, it's Miami, man. It's very, it's, it's pretty close to the beach, so you can understand. You, you can imagine how people are behaving. So, all around a good time. We have something we haven't done in a long time, but it, it was fun going there pretty much every year. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a cool tradition that we we all like to do. Um, Marianne and I went to a holiday or a holiday party, Jesus, a Halloween party um, in West Palm. There's like a big festival down there one year. We went as uh, Wesley and Buttercup from Princess Bride. And like it was like 50 50. Like there was like the cool people that got it, like understood the costume. And then the people were like, ah, Zoro, what's up? Dude? I'm like, oh, my God. So like, <laughs> so like I, I, I know me. Uh, I know with like with one word that I don't like you like now. <laughs> Uh, how about you, Erica? Are, are you a fan of Halloween? And, uh, you know, hit us with something Halloween, if so. Yeah, I mean, I like Halloween. It's it's a lot of fun. It's kind of like fallen off a little bit. Just it's, a, it's one of those things where my friends are all cosplayers. So Halloween uh, rolls around and we all get very lazy and don't want to do anything. <laughs> um, but, you know, like usually on the day or on the weekend of like, we'll hang out, have some drinks. Um, this time we're going to play some board games and stuff like that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So at least there's that. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's it, Halloween's less, less exciting when everyone's like, God, I don't want to make a costume. I'm tired. 
Well, it's it's the seasonal break. We're at the point where there's no conventions. I don't want to sew right now. I get so, that. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and and we used to do. Um, actually, there was a um a club in downtown my city, um that would host a Halloween party every year, and they would have like a, a general like costuming theme. And so you know, my friends and I would try and like scramble to get a group together that had the most like the, the least amount of effort. Um, we tried to do like cell shading on um clothing last time we went which was again, at this point, like two years um, to like a middling success, but it was a lot of fun that night. Um, but you know, COVID hit, so you can't like see anybody anymore and the bar closed down because COVID hit and it is what it is. So I don't know what's going to happen in Halloween's to come. Uh, but for horror properties and things to play around Halloween, listen to, I have two things. One video game, Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh, boy. Uh, not it's it's one of those things where the I love thinking about the way the horror of this game works because so for anybody who doesn't happen to know Doki Doki Literature Club is a um an anime dating sim um until it's not and it's just it's the way I think that it does horror is super fascinating because it does it in the way of you know how a dating sim is supposed to work like you understand the rules and it explains the rules to you in the opening, like, you know, like two to three hours of gameplay where you play a dating sim. And then it makes you incredibly uncomfortable because all of those rules stop mattering and they don't mean anything anymore. And it breaks all of them. And I think that that's like super cool. I haven't played it because I am a tiny baby who doesn't like horror stuff, but I've watched a couple people play it. And I, I told my friend to play it. And I was like, hey, try this game out. It's really cool. Um, keep in mind the warnings, but try it. And so she did. And I got a text at 2 a.m. one morning saying, why did you recommend me this game? I can't sleep now. Um, so she didn't finish it. Uh, but yeah, like if you want a horror experience, like a weirdly like it's again, it's also because it's a, it's an anime dating sim horror psychological shenanigan. Um, it's just like it's it's a weird combination to see it kind of get executed as well as it was, I think was really cool. I still follow so- Monica on Twitter. Um, <laughs> she tweets out once in a while. <laughs> um she does it's funny like i'll Mm -hmm. i'll I'll see i'm like ah um yeah like i I think that's too long by like like half like the like where it's like being like very much like uh like no winks no nods like just like straightforward like a dating sim i could have used that like 50 percent less that's fair I, i i kind of agree as well it's a little it's a little long in the front end um but once it gets going like yeah it is crazy i'd be curious to see how they do it on console because there's like without spoiling it like there's a bit like towards the end where like you have to like really like dig in and like it gets like very meta with like not just like the game but like computer files and all kinds of crazy shit so i don't i don't know how you would do that on console but i'm sure they found a way but yeah Mm -hmm. that's that is a that is a very creative like Mm -hmm. different kind of horror i like that and like because it's got a bunch of also variations of it um i honestly also recommend just watching it like if you go and watch a couple different like let's players play it um, there are certain things that only happen at a specific like chance amount. So, you know, watching a, a, couple, a couple people play it, you can watch them play the first bit, watch one person play the first bit, and then watch like a couple other people play the second half because that's when all of the weird stuff starts happening and you can skip the entire first half for everybody else. So I think that that's another really cool part. And it's again, because I, I, I watch as many games as I play, um, it is very much a watchable game that is it, it is as scary to watch as it is to play, I would think. 
Yeah, I'd say that's ah. fair because it's not like, oh, I got to shoot this thing like where like you can kind of mm -hmm. like zone out because you're not in control. It's very much scary in a different yeah. way. But... And again, it's also different for people who know how a dating sim works, where it's things like I know I can reload a save. So they go and I wouldn't have thought of that because I don't play dating sims all that often. Um, and so watching Chris, them try fan. and. <laughs> we said sim, sim daddy sim daddy we did that... a dramatic reading hey i'll have you i'll have dream you know. daddy <laughs> yeah dream daddy was dream so much dad. fun it was I, so i cool. always i will have Chris, you know we made, Chris started, hold on i gotta we tell you three hundred dollars <laughs> we made three hundred dollars for breast cancer awareness we, we did a dramatic reading where we had like a full like living room full people oh my goodness i streamed it and we like each like casted like the part <laughs> and like we just made up accents and stuff like and yeah we we played <laughs> That, uh, that game is a sizzling hot banger, first of all. Yeah, it is. It's and so all I know is 300 bucks, baby. 300 bucks for breast cancer. George just hates charity. That's what it's all comes Hey, hey charity. All I know is we were, ga we're game sharing PlayStation. So I'm on Chris's account. And then I just, so it's like games you played. And I'm like, this guy damn near platinum dream daddy over there. You know, like, like, uh, I'm just like, dream daddy, Doki Doki Literature Club, Hatful Boyfriend boyfriend dungeon done yeah. there just play those you're fine uh that's a, don't don't necessarily play those. Uh, doing like a dramatic re uh, reading was the best way to play uh dream daddy for sure like oh yeah that's fair audience had a blast like because you know it's just like we're doing like we're none of us know the story or anything so we're just kind of like <laughs> picking what this person might sound like and then like sometimes yep. it worked out and then like as it got further in we're like oh that's not who they are at all but oh well We've already we're we're on that path. <laughs> we're dedicated to it. This is the bit we got to stick to it. Um, the second thing I have to recommend if you want to do actual Doki Doki Literature Club, yeah, it's very like niche. Like if you like dating sim, and like I think it's a phenomenal for horror, especially considering the genre. Um, on the flip side, I have a podcast. Um, there is a narrative horror podcast called The Magnus Archives. Ooh. The general like what you're going to be listening to generally, it's a um, a horror anthology series of people who come to this institute with stories of like so, sort of like weird supernatural happenings to them okay uh so that's the general episode to episode thing you're gonna be listening to which is a bunch of like short horror segments of a guy sitting in front of a tape recorder okay and taking all of these physical like written statements that he has and transferring them over onto tape recordings the meta narrative is you have this institute called magnus archives that sort of collects weird and interesting stories. And you're, you have the head archivist of, I assume the UK branch of this archive um, and all of the people who work with him as well, kind of like in doing, so he'll read the statement and then he'll add a bit of like, I had my, my, my people go and investigate it and look into it a little more. And as you go along through the story, it's fine. It's 200 episodes. Um, they probably average about a half an hour per episode. So you'll get like 20 minute episodes and you'll get the hour long episodes. But it's because there is that meta narrative of this head archivist trying to like figure out what's sort of going on in the grand scheme of things. And this whole through line of him and his coworkers slowly essentially descending into this terrible, horrible, like setting up that they've created. Um, it has entirely reimagined the way that I see horror. Flat out, like in the way that like, you know, it's like... I don't want to say that it's like Lovecraft, but like, you know, redone with less racism, but like, it's very much like a, here is, here's the baseline of everything you've ever been afraid of and why you're afraid of it. 
and you can categorize everything based on this system that we've pointed out. And to this day, I still sit and go, oh, here's the category of why I, I don't like this thing. Like, I can't look at anything the same way. Is it so consistent throughout as far as like quality for the most part? Yeah. The entire first season, like it's one of those ones where I think it's also the part of the pull of it is the first episode I think is very strong. Um, it's, 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 I think it's short. It's got, I can't tell you how long it is because I have to scroll all the way back down to the bottom of my Spotify, but it's a short enough episode. Um, it's wonderfully spooky. The narrator for it is like, it's very good. Um, the first episode is, oh, where the, where the heck is the time? I've, I've played it. How long is it? Oh, it's useless to me. Um, <laughs> I was also buying time. Um, yeah, like they're generally speaking, they're not long. And when they get to the or overstay, they're welcome. There are, again, there are some misses as like, you know, a 200 episode podcast will do, but nothing is bad. At the worst, it's like, it was fine. Uh, so I highly recommend it. And again, because it's generally speaking, the, the baseline of every episode can be episodic. Because the general through line, especially for the first, I, I want to say four seasons, is very much like, hey, I'm sitting here giving a statement from somebody else. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm retelling a statement from somebody else. It's They're very much like centered in like the contained. Sorry, the self-contained is the word that I want. Is it ongoing or is it complete now? It's now complete. It is, again, so when I say it's 200 episodes, it's five seasons, 200 episodes flat. It's done. Nice. It ended, ooh, I think earlier this year or if not last year sometime. Big into that. Like, so mm -hmm. every Halloween for a while, certainly in college, yeah. but not for not for a few years now. Um, I used to listen to the uh, Orson Welles broadcast of War of the Worlds. It's super easy to find. It's not overly long. I think it's like 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Um, and uh, this year we were talking about like, oh, like it'd be a fun thing. Like when trick or treaters are coming by, like, you know, throw it on, like whatever. But I might uh, call an audible and do the podcast instead. That might be fun. Uh, it's on Spotify as well. Hell um, yeah. For context, even easier. Um, I do highly recommend it, at least giving it a try for a couple episodes. Um, yeah, there's some stuff where it's just like, it's yeah the the word choice is phenomenal the writing is very good um i like all the characters that they kind of like start to introduce and again i i think of anything i find scary i think of in an entirely analytical different way now adam it's super nifty will you put that in our podcast uh description like a little link and uh erica can you throw it in our discord that would be yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'll go throw it in right now excelente thank you um mr rotondi um what uh recommendations or like horror things are you into or have been into uh this year just hit us with hit us with something halloween baby something halloween ah oh, geez um i gotta go with the classic man uh i gotta go with john carpenter's the thing because uh oh, yes. i am i am all about some really creepy um just really disturbing sort of body horror but also like the like the practical effects because that movie scared the shit out of me when i was younger i mean that was i i watched it and then didn't want to watch it again and then watched it because it just creeped me out but i think i liked it for the same reason that i always liked alien or aliens where it was just it was it looked real enough to be like i it uh, there was something i mean you know it's fake but you look at it and for some reason watching practical effects in movies has always been way more disturbing to me than any CGI has ever been, or 
I mean, even Jurassic Park, man, when I was a kid and I watched that first one by Spielberg and that T-Rex, you know, is coming out of nowhere and or the velociraptors in the in the freaking cargo container. I'm like, hell no. (laughs) So so that stuff that scared me as a kid. But like, um, yeah, I think that's that to me is usually the stuff that like really weirds me out. I'm not really big into like, I don't know, like a lot of people like, you know, like the really gory horror. And I guess technically you know, the thing is, is in that category, but like the, like the saw movies or the uh, other stuff like that. I don't really get into like when it's really just like basically horror uh, discuss, like rip them up and like horror porn practically at that point. I don't really get into that, but I don't know, like the really, the, I would have to say the thing is probably where I would go if I have to watch it. I'm not really big into a lot of any of any other sort of like Halloween stuff, which is unfortunate. But uh, on occasion, my wife and I will do like the uh, the costume parties and things. We did one a couple of years back with some friends, which was a lot of fun. Um, and games, man, if you got any good recommendations for it, I know Resident Evil was thrown out there, but I haven't played as much in that genre either. So if you've got some recommendations, I will gladly take you up on it. Yeah, it's certainly scary as shit. (laughs) So so certainly off, uh, (laughs) off mic, I can, I'll, I'll list out a few rapid fire style for you. Um, Definitely. Uh, Like the thing is like, to me, like a perfect movie, like that's a movie that like gets better every time I see it. I think the effects have aged super well. Um, and like, it's an example of a movie that like does it's like no more, no less than like what John Carpenter, like it's a complete vision, right? Like, um, like even the ending of that movie, like is fucking like, it's perfect. Like, uh, I, I can find no, I can, I won't, I won't, I won't say it. Yeah. I, I cannot, I cannot find a single fault in that movie. Like, um, occasionally our little local cinema will do like a screening and we always go like when it plays, like again, wife doesn't like much sci-fi um does like horror and like she's always down to go see the thing um i think the interesting th- uh thing about the thing is that like it's a remake right but both the original film and the remake kind of bookend uh the cold war and they're both kind of about the same things but like they have very different takes right the original is like a communist could be anybody and like that's the horror of it right whereas like the remake is like you know yeah they could be but like look what happens to you like when you go on like a witch hunt so it's very much like post mccarthy kind of like everyone gets paranoid like what does that do to you like when you're so frightened like you know and it's different and now you know and i think it's so fascinating to see how like american attitudes changed about that kind of thing and it's the same story but like very different you know um but i love yeah i think that's such a phenomenal movie and um uh ennio morricone like the soundtrack is so like amazing and haunting like that's one of the few examples that i'm glad that he didn't do the soundtrack himself i think he's a great composer john carpenter but i think that was the right choice for that like all the strings and kind of like haunting weird you know stuff that he does so that's a great choice dude i love it um so uh for for me so i I mentioned uh i've been reading salem's lot i'm about three quarters of the way through that rereading it it's been a long time it's such a phenomenal like book like early effort i think it's the second novel of stephen king and it's very much like a love song to to dracula um i just love the mood like that takes me right into like the fall mood it's such a great little story heavily influenced midnight mass that's what actually inspired me to like go back and reread it like 
kind of small town, you know, um, vampires, that kind of thing. And like religion being like a very like core component to it in a lot of ways. Um, so that's been fun uh, on the bookend. Something else I really want to reread that uh, it's a challenging read, but I think it's a, a trip worth taking is uh, House of Leaves. Um, has anybody read House of Leaves here? Oh, I've heard about you don't you I, I've heard about how you quote unquote read House of Leaves. And I, I mean the quote unquote, like very, very intentionally, because I know that there's a bunch of like, like, it's a book you kind of rip apart while you read. Kind of like physically your part no i mean so house of leaves like um i can kind of do my best to describe like so house of leaves is a um this so you've got kind of like a triple frame story so there's like the uh the first bit of it is like a third person narrated story about this guy who discovers a manuscript so this old man blind man has died and this man, this, this other guy, the main character, I guess, like discovers a manuscript, right? That, that the, the man who's passed away is written. And the manuscript is a, tra- a, a transcribing of a Blair Witch style videotape of like a haunted house that essentially for some reason is bigger on the inside than the outside. And it continues to grow on the inside and becomes this like sprawling labyrinth in the dark. Like they hire like explorers that like explored mount everest and like remote regions of like the amazon to like explore the inside of their house so like you get that bit of it as well so you get like this and all of his notes and the thing that makes house of these like fascinating is like typographically it's very interesting because there's all these weird appendices and things in the back that'll refer you to and like you kind of like navigate the book as a labyrinth and this the way that the characters are navigating the house mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then also typographically he does these really curious things where like a character is climbing up a ladder and you have to turn the whole book sideways and read it from bottom to top oh, or okay. in a very particularly tense part of the book there's one word per page so you're like flipping and flipping and flipping and faster and faster <laughs> and faster so he does all these really curious and interesting things it's probably one of the scariest uh books i've ever read in my entire life and it's very unsettling and Mm. um it's i say it's challenging because like there is a lot of exploring the book itself right and it can get like Mm -hmm. a little overwhelming at first and once you settle into the groove you're like oh i get i get what this is so um yeah that's that's another book recommendation and then the final thing i wanted to say was actually an audiobook adaptation so i'm going very like literary today of uh world war z I finally finished listening to uh, the complete version, which is an unabridged, like full Hollywood cast um, where each chapter is read by like a different actor. And it's phenomenal. You have everyone from like Mark Hamill, uh, Martin Scorsese does a bit, Rob Reiner. So you get a couple directors in there as well. Um, And then you've got like Alan Alda. Like there's all these really, really great actors that capture like the voices like of that book because it's an oral history right so it's like each chapter is a different person talking about their experience of the zombie apocalypse and um i think it's just a phenomenal like i mean it's a good book to read but i think like almost like it enhanced my enjoyment like of rereading it like hearing a dramatic reading right because it's like like radio plays are kind of a thing of the past and it feels a bit like that where it's like oh Mm -hmm. it's a dramatization but like it's not quite it's it's the book so highly recommend that but uh, yeah, that's that's gonna um, bring it to a close. So um, Bobby's power tripped. 
Um, and, <laughs> and George had to set up for his stream. We ran a little bit long, um, but uh, Will, I dude, I really appreciate you stopping by. I hope yeah. you had some fun. I hope it's yeah, not man. the last time. Like you know, we we mm -hmm. love talking all kinds of stuff on the podcast. So uh, you're in the Discord now. Like if you got availability some week and it's a little bit quiet, like throw your name in the hat. We'll always uh, have you back. Do you have anything you want to like plug, promote, or? Yeah. Uh, I do. Yeah. For a game. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I know that you guys talk a lot about like first person shooters and stuff, but if we want to tie into a video game that also references Dune, if anybody out there is into the RTS style and is into some classic Westwood games like Command and Conquer, back in the day after the Lynch movie came out, the Lynch version came out, they did an RTS for um, Dune. I think it, they had like two games that came out that tried to continue off of that same aesthetic. You know, they, all the, the cutscenes had characters that were dressed like they were in that movie. And it was it was like Command and Conquer, but it was just, you know, you were setting up your, your base out somewhere in the desert and trying not to get, you know, eaten by a worm or destroyed by a Coriolis storm. So it was awesome, man. And uh, I think it was, um, I want to say it was Emperor of Dune, and there was one other game that they came out with. So as a plug, if you're out there and you're into classic strategy games, that's that's pretty awesome. Awesome, dude. Yeah, I, um, I've i seen some screenshots circulating that were like, if I never played like the classic like Westwood or whatever game, like, well, well I understand them. Like, it's kind of a tongue in cheek, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of thing. But uh that's cool, man. I never did play them, but I've heard lots. Um, I have a friend who's like nuts over like classic like PC games, and he was like, "You love Dune so much, man. You should download them. I'm sure you could get them really easily." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's not a bad idea." Yeah. Um, and Erica, uh, thank you as always for joining. Anything you want to uh, plug plug this week? Um, D and D podcast. I love misfit roles. Adam and I play um, uh, a blood hunter and a wizard who are currently in the middle of um, being assholes and trying to make sure the world doesn't fall apart. Um, uh, check us out there. Second thing I want to recommend uh, a horror thing I forgot. Um, I'm just going to say these words and I want you to Google them and look into them. Mystery Flesh Pit National Park. <laughs> That's it. All right. Go so Google that. that. A hell of a teaser really right there. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like the new Mystery Science Theater 3000? <laughs> it's the horror spinoff. <laughs> Mystery. Flesh. Oh, God. Say it again. Mystery, Mystery, Mystery Flesh, Flesh Pit. Pit National Park. This rolls off the tongue real easy. Right? Right Super on. easy. We just call it the Flesh Pit for short. Um, <laughs> I can explain it after, but for now, just go Google it. I well, I'm gonna do that as soon as we need to start that hashtag real quick. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, as always, <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us this week. I hope you all have a happy, albeit safe, uh, Halloween this year. We will see you next week. Mm -hmm.